0: Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of the Hopping Hippie Podcast. I'm your host, Kylie Iris, and buckle in your seatbelts, folks. Okay, go grab your bags of popcorn. In fact, I'm going to need you guys to put some extra butter on the popcorn. Because today I'm going to be sharing uh, one of the most terrifying things. One of the most terrifying things I've experienced thus far in this lifetime. This podcast is fun. We do a lot of self-help talks. We love getting into spirituality. But sometimes I just like to share chaotic life experiences I've been through. And that's what this episode is. Another trauma dumping episode. (laughs) This podcast really said, Therapy is working social media is all fun and games you know growing on social media can be really cool up until there's a person in real life at your doorstep trying to attack you unfortunately i've had uh, a few different experiences with stalkers before we get into the main course okay the main story we're going to start with some appetizers some mini stories of stalker experiences i've had if you will my earliest recollection of a stalker experience dates back into elementary school. I was in sixth grade at the time, and my best friend was a little bit of a psychopath. I actually did a story time about her way back on my YouTube channel. She was the girl who put the cats in her dishwasher. She was like my crazy best friend, but essentially at that time at <laughs> the time period of being close friends, uh Facebook was really big at the time. My friend actually hacked into my facebook and would like message a bunch of people trying to get everybody to hate me just saying mean things to people while my sixth grade best friend hacked my facebook she also got access to some of my secret information long story short basically this girl used to call my home phone and pretend to be a creepy man watching me sixth grade kylie was very gullible and was terrified and i think This early childhood experience really ignited the paranoia of stalkers within me. I think it was like a week later I found out it was my friend and I didn't actually have this creepy stalker that I thought I had. But this experience early on in life really initiated my stalker paranoia, if you will. Uh, Let's fast forward many years, okay? Now we're at 11th grade in high school. I was growing on YouTube and my TikTok started to blow up. At the time, there was this trend going around on TikTok where you would hide like little Peppa Pig figurines in weird spots and be like, Peppa, what are you doing there? For example, like someone would put like a Peppa Pig in the closet and the TikTok would just be them like opening the door and being like, Peppa, what are you doing in my closet? It was a weird era of TikTok at that time. I remember coming home from school one day and I was slightly startled, a little bit shocked when I arrived at my front house because in front of my door at the front step of my house was a little Peppa Pig figurine. One of my fans wanted me to do this like Peppa Pig video, but it's like, you dropped that off at the front of my house. Like, do you really think I'm gonna be able to sleep at night? let alone create this Peppa Pig TikTok. Anyways, okay, enough of the appetizer. Let's get on into the main event. Also, side note, it has taken me years to heal from this in order to be at a place in which I can even share the story. This is my first time telling this story on the internet. Today, I'm going to be sharing the story about the time my stalker roommate tried to attempt murder on. You know, I've gone through a lot of crazy, wild situations in my life. But this is one of those sh- situations that happened to me that I can't even fathom. Like, wait, like this, ha- this is real. This happened to me. It's a pretty mind fucky psychological roller coaster of a situation. So let me enlighten you on this story, shall we? The idea of a creepy person just knowing where you live is terrifying stalkers are terrifying but i never ever thought i would experience anything like this in my life so let's paint the picture at the time i was living in a tiny surfing village with a population of less than a thousand people on vancouver island british columbia in canada this happened right after van life so this was a period of my life. I was living out of a van, surfing every day, basically living like a surf bum. The engine of the van I was living in exploded. So that put van life to rest. So when the engine exploded, obviously, I was in a dilemma. Okay, the van was my home. So at this moment of time, I felt like I was homeless. The area that I was living in, I call it Canada's Hawaii. It's truly the most beautiful location in Canada. But there was a bunch of crown land. So there's very minimal real estate. And I think the wait list to rent was like two to three years. Something crazy like that. So obviously, I was in a dilemma. Where do I live? I can't just go and rent a place because there's a two-year wait list. The engine on my van exploded. I was in a rut. So it was in that moment I decided to apply for jobs with what's called staff accommodation. A staff accommodation job, for those of you who are not familiar, is essentially you work for a place, okay, and they also provide accommodations, so a place to live. So at this time, I started working in the spa at one of the top resorts in Canada. So the staff accommodation was honestly really nice. I was living on this beautiful house on the beach it was honestly quite big compared to other places in town staff accommodation truly an incredible location to live So the way the living situation worked is there was two bedrooms. One bedroom was the girl's bedroom and the other bedroom was the boy's bedroom. So sometimes roommates would come and go. Usually whenever someone was fired or would quit, I would get a new roommate. So the roommates would swap out and kind of shift around every once in a while. When I first started working at this resort in the spa, the roommates I had at the beginning were quite quiet. They were honestly probably 10, 20 years older than me. We all kept to ourselves and we rarely ever spoke. A few months into the job, I actually ended up having the entire house all to myself. All my old roommates left, which meant in two weeks, I got two new roommates. I have the whole house to myself, right? I kind of call the shots. So I'm waiting for these new roommates to come in kind of catch their vibes see how things are the next week I got my first new roommate obviously for this story time I'm going to replace their names and we're going to create fake names for them so my first new roommate comes along and I meet him let's call this man Roger initially right off the bat Roger had quite an elaborate story of what he just went through He was just like telling me the story about how he lost his phone he lost his job but he like just got this job initially roger gave pretty wholesome vibes like he was excited he was telling me that you know working at a resort in a location like this was his dream job he was like really excited to be here he just had like these random elaborate stories of just things that have happened to him why he didn't have a phone i was pretty excited because he was younger than a lot of my other roommates i didn't really have any friends at all at the time, so I was really just, you know, excited to have a roommate kind of similar to around my age. Me and Roger hit it off and we became friends right away. He didn't have a phone, so I let him use my phone to go on his Facebook to contact his family. I would even take him into town when he needed groceries, take him for a drive when he needed it. Him and I were cool. A week later, I got my second and last roommate. Let's call her Patricia if i were to describe patricia strong resting bitch face okay no matter what you're saying patricia just looks really uninterested even if she is interested in what you're saying patricia was also younger than the previous roommates i've had so i was excited i'm like oh my goodness finally some people my age you know maybe i can actually make friends we all live together like this is so exciting yay so obviously we all worked at the resort So I was working in the spa. My roommate, Patricia, was working in the kitchen. So she was in the dish pit, which meant she essentially had the complete opposite schedule of me, like I was working like normal hours. She was on the night shift. So we kind of rarely really ever saw each other unless it was on our days off. Roger was hired as a chef, so he worked in the kitchen. So in my room, you had me and Patricia. And then across the hall, you had the boys' room, which only had Roger. We never had any other roommates come into our house. So it was just me, Roger, and Patricia. At the start, we actually all got along pretty well. My old roommates that I had before them that left, they all kept to themselves. And we were all very quiet. Like, we never really had much of a relationship so I really wanted to make an effort to try to be friends with my roommates. I just feel like it makes the living situation so much more fun when you actually get along with the people you live with. A few weeks into having these new roommates went by and I decided, you know what? We need a team building exercise. We need a good bonding experience. We need to do something that'll just really bring out the best of us and connect us all. So, what did I do? Kylie uh, whipped out the deck of UNO cards and called everybody down. Right, what better way to build the family roommate bond than some good old UNO, right? Wrong. I shouldn't have played UNO that day. <laughs> me and Patricia are just sitting around the table, excited for a game of UNO. it, sweetheart, come play some UNO. Okay, so Roger comes down. Roger goes, right, let me go upstairs and get my speaker. We're all like, yeah, Roger. So Roger goes upstairs and grabs the speaker and then comes back down. I start dealing out the cards while Roger tries to connect to his speaker. and made like a connection sound like the Bluetooth speaker connected. But then he quickly grabbed the speaker and like awkwardly like put it in his pocket and went upstairs. It wasn't a run upstairs. It was like a fast jog up the stairs. So me and Patricia look at each other and we're like, what? Like what's going on? what's going on why is he like being weird about the speaker at that moment in my head I just thought that maybe the speaker was dead his little like grab the speaker maneuver and jog up the stairs it threw me off guard I was like why like why did he do that you know Patricia gave me a look like what is like what's he doing at that moment I just thought maybe the speaker was dead and like he was embarrassed I don't know I didn't really think anything of it we kept playing uno and we just didn't use the speaker and that was that over the next Three to seven days, I started noticing a lot of my food gone missing. The problem was at this moment of time, I was an active stoner. So I was kind of in my head, I'm like, did my food go missing or did I just get high and eat everything? For example, I would buy like a box of granola bars and like a fresh open box, have one granola bar. And then by the time I would go back to have like another granola bar, the entire box would be gone or there would just be like one left. So I noticed this pattern of it would just keep happening over and over again. And I thought, is one of my roommates stealing my food? So I started to like look in the garbage and like look around and I never found any wrappers or anything. But then it started happening like too much where I'm like, okay, I know I didn't eat that. Like I would get a box of gummies and I would open it and just have one pack of gummies and then i would go back and the entire box would be gone it started really innocent and fun and fresh with just the granola bars but eventually it evolved to every section of the fridge every food group okay my meats were going missing my breads my carbs i started thinking i was crazy where is all this food going i'm looking in the garbage okay there's no wrappers i came to the conclusion that like is the food just spawning out where is it going I came to the conclusion that I probably just got super baked and ate a bunch and forgot about it. But I did have a little bit of a sneaking suspicion that one of my roommates was stealing from me. Now I'm in a little bit of a dilemma because I'm wondering, okay, which roommate is the thief? Became this little Kim puzzle I was trying to solve. Okay, I'm gonna go inspect their gadget on their ass. Let's solve the mystery. Initially, I kind of thought it was Roger. Roger's a nice guy, but he's quiet. He doesn't have a phone, right? Which means he doesn't have maybe money, which means he might be in the kind of position to steal someone's food. Hmm, like I wonder if it's Roger. But low key, me and Patricia had a little bit of tension between us. I tried really hard to be cool and like friendly with her. I know we were just two very different kinds of people and we didn't really like get along. It's not that we ever disagreed, but we were never just like, close buddies either because she worked in the kitchen she had a completely different schedule than me she was basically nocturnal right so we never really saw each other much i think i just had it out for patricia because she would always wake me up when she would come in the room because i'm a light sleeper and that would bother me and also she'd fart in her sleep a lot we had like a really tiny room okay like a really really small room think like two bunk beds we had a small room okay there was not a lot of oxygen in there And Patricia loved to rip ass. (laughs) I'm not trying to shame anybody for farting. Okay, I get it. We all are human, it happens. I don't know what the fuck Patricia was eating to make sounds like this. Volcanic eruptions were coming from our room whenever Trisha passed a little bit of gas. If you fart loudly, that's one thing. But if you fart loudly and it smells, your farts are like mustard gas. Like, I would wake up in the middle of the night to Patricia farting, and it wasn't one of those little, like, oops, hee hee. Like, no, she was like a manly girl, right? So she would, it would just keep going. The vibrational frequency from her ass would be so loud, I would be questioning if there was earthquakes going on. So Patricia's farts were bad, (laughs) okay? They were mustard gas. So a part of me was wondering, hmm, I wonder if Patricia has been eating all of my snackaroonies, all my food. Everything from the fridge could equate to a fart that sounds like that. Maybe Patricia is the one stealing my food. So I had to go a little bit inspector gadget trying to figure out who the culprit was. Some of my granola bars have gone missing. Who ate my chicken? Where's my dessert? It started off so innocent. Me and Roger started getting a little bit closer together. Our friendship was building. I would say I was a lot more closer with Roger than I was Patricia. And you know what I noticed Roger loved doing on his free time? Roger loved talking shit about Patricia. So Roger's been painting this picture about Patricia. And I'm over here thinking, you know, she wakes me up every night with her loud ass farts. The smell of those farts could equate to somebody who has stole and eaten absolutely everything in the fridge and then that came out of their ass. Like, I would believe that. So I was leaning towards the side of Patricia being the thief. Roger was also a little bit weird, okay? He didn't have a phone. So every single day after work, he would just sit in this one spot on the couch that was his spot. He was the only person that sat there and he just loved this one little corner of the couch. And he would read a book, watch TV, or just talk. Because he didn't have a phone and there was nothing else he could really do. I felt, you know, I felt, I felt bad. For, you know, Roger was just such a nice guy. I felt so bad for him. I'd always let him use my phone. Like, here, take my phone. Log into your Facebook, sweetheart. You know, connect to your family. Do what you got to do. So I would let him sit there on my phone for five, ten minutes. Do his thing. Um, but I feel like, I feel like this made us closer And I feel like this made us closer, you know? It was like, oh, we're friends and roommates. This is so fun and exciting. Until. And the next, and then the next day happened. 360 degrees doesn't even explain the trajectory rate in which everything switched around. The next day was Halloween night. This was a boring Halloween for me because I actually decided I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to dress up and go to a party. I was kind of just in a bit of a slump, kind of a meh mood. I just really wanted to stay in, smoke weed, watch a movie, and eat food. I was feeling really lazy, so I just stayed at home. The resort I worked in had so many employees, right? They had many staff accommodations houses. In fact, they owned multiple houses and a lot of the real estate in this tiny little village. Our neighbors was a whole house next door filled with girls. And they decided to throw a Halloween party. I didn't really want to go. Plus, I just didn't really have many friends there. So I just decided to stay at home. But the party was next door. So I just... Was watching everybody all dressed up in their costumes going to the party. Roger was, as always, on his spot on the couch, sauteing there, like a little vegetable. I was cooking dinner at this point, but everyone kept walking by because we had this giant main window in our living room. So everybody was walking by to go next door to the Halloween party. I was in my pajamas just cooking, making dinner. So I said, hey, Roger, like, can you put down the blinds? Like, I don't really want anyone to see me right now, you know? Yeah, yeah I'll put the blinds down. Thank you, Roger. You know, I grab my food and I go upstairs. The next day rolls around and I noticed that Roger never put the blinds down. And initially in my head, I thought, hmm, you know, that's weird. Maybe he just forgot, right? Something people could just forget. I thought nothing of it. The next day when I came home from work, I noticed that there was knives scattered around the house. Looking back, you know, this really was a massive red flag. (laughs) But in my head, I just thought, oh, you know, Roger works in the kitchen. You know, that's why he has all these knives. I didn't really question too hardly why there was knives scattered around the house, although I should have. This is where I was like, okay, Roger's Roger's a little weird. Roger's a little weird. Why is there a giant chef knife on top of the toilet paper in the bathroom? On top of the fireplace in the living room? He just laid out these giant chef knives in the weirdest spots. It was definitely weird, but I kind of just brushed it off. Like, I don't know, kitchen problems? Maybe this is like relatable for chefs? Just like laying your knives around everywhere, you know? (laughs) Oh, Kylie. Looking back, I feel like there were so many red flags, but I was like, hey, hey, these are green. <laughs> no, they were red, bitch. <laughs> they were bright fucking red. Why is there a knife on top of the toilet paper in the bathroom? Why is there a knife on top of the fireplace in the living room? Like he just had them scattered out everywhere. Why? The next day, come back home, make dinner and go to bed, as I do every night. I wake up at around 3 a.m. in the morning. This is around the time Patricia comes home from work in the dish pit. I woke up quite infuriated. Okay, I was angry because Patricia was making so much noise. You know when people like angrily put away dishes and like slam them and it can be loud? This girl was slamming the dishes, slamming the pots, using all of her body strength to whip the dishwasher shut, which is disrespectful as fuck. Cause it was 3.30 in the morning. It's 3 a.m. Okay. I'm mad. I stomp my little ass downstairs and I go, "Could you at least try to be quiet? Patricia goes, I'm not gonna be quiet. I'm not... She was so pissed off. Patricia was yelling. Patricia was screaming. Patricia was banging things. Calm down. Calm the fuck down. What is wrong, girl? What's wrong? She looks at me and she goes, someone's stealing my fucking food. (gasps) No way. I look at Patricia. Patricia looks at me. I'm there with my jaw like wide open, like no fucking way. Your food's going missing too? Like I've been trying to find out who's stealing my shit. So it was in this moment where we connected the dots. We realized that Roger was the thief. Roger was trying so hard to pin like me and Patricia against each other. Like he would shit talk her to me, he would shit talk me to her and he would try to make it seem like it was each other but in reality it was him. Roger was sniper, no sniping us, okay? That's what was going on. Patricia looks up at me and she goes, look under his spot on the couch. Patricia, what do you mean? What do you mean, look under his spot? So we walk over to the cushion where his flat, stanky little white ass sat on. (laughs) And we ripped off the cushion. There was a mountain of wrappers. A mountain of every single piece of granola bar to candy to meal. Everything this motherfucker has ever stole from us was come book rest into this mountain of garbage under the couch. Patricia and I are freaking out, okay? Our first instinct, the first thing we did is we wrote out an email to HR. Me and Patricia are over here thinking we're Inspector Gadget. Okay, we're thinking we're Kim Possible over here solving this puzzle. Roger's asleep. We just figured out this whole thing. He's the guy that's been doing this. We caught him. We just told HR, you know, we thought we got him. Under control here. You know, Roger's asleep. We just figured all of this out. Yeah, he, Roger wasn't asleep. And he was eavesdropping in on every single word in our conversation. I didn't know this at the time, of course. So I went to bed. And the next morning, I woke up and went to work. Obviously, this day at work, I was feeling super unsettled, just knowing that I was living with a thief and that he wasn't the person I thought he was. Lunch time rolls around and I head over into the lunchroom to eat my lunch. The girls that were in the lunchroom were my neighbors. They lived in the staff accommodation house next door. While I was eating my lunch, I eavesdropped and I overheard one of the girls' conversations. She was telling somebody how she's looked everywhere for her speaker. She can't find it. She's really worried that maybe she left it on the beach. Then she's just really sad about her speaker being gone. Instantly, my brain clicked and I go, speaker, you have a speaker that's missing. Can you like describe this speaker? Instantly, my brain clicked to that like UNO event a few weeks back when Roger was all weird with that speaker. But honestly, I didn't really remember what the speaker looked like. I was trying to think back. And I told her, I was like, girl, like, I don't know if this is true, but I have a feeling my roommate stole your speaker. We just found out that he's like a thief and has been stealing all of our food. She was like, oh, no way. What the fuck? It was our lunch break. You know, we only live five minutes away from the resort. So I said, girl, hop in my car right now. We are going to look in his room. We are checking if this is your speaker, me and the French chick from the lunchroom. Go him possible on this motherfucker's ass inspector gadget nancy drew we drove to my house to do some investigating also it felt such like a privacy a violation looking through his room like i just had such a feeling about the speaker i was also like nervous like what if the speaker just like was in hers you know like that'd be weird so we arrived at my house and we walk upstairs and we go straight into roger's room okay we're looking around for a few minutes the girl opens his closet (gasps) my speaker my speaker it's here okay we start freaking out because no way did this man steal this speaker and she told me she's like kylie like i kept this speaker in my room she literally lived in the completely separate house the girl's only house that was next door the speaker was just in her room And now it's in Roger's closet. What? Oh my God. This guy is such a creep. Like he stole this speaker from the other house that he doesn't even live it. I was distraught. Like this guy was my friend. Turns out he's like this creepy stalker ass dude. Her and I are walking out to leave. And then I glance over and I see a handle of something on his bed. It was like slightly folded over with the blanket. So I thought, hmm, what, what's that on his bed? You know, I, I straightened out the blanket. Oh, oh, that's an axe on his bed. An axe on his bed with my underwear wrapped around it. My underwear wrapped around an axe on his bed. Me and the French girls scream at the top of our lungs. Because you got to keep in mind, like, this was my friend. Like, I thought we were, like, cool, like, roommates. Yeah, no. He had an axe on his bed with my underwear that he stole from my room. Wrapped right around it. What the fuck? What the fuck? At the edge of his bed, there was this tiny little bag that we opened. And there was pairs and pairs and pairs and pairs and pairs, and pairs of random girls underwear that he has been going into all the houses and stealing my underwears other random girls underwears terrifying literally right away when we figured this out like we left right away and we went straight to hr okay we went straight to hr lady to expose this fucking stalker creep like imagine someone you've been living with all this time you thought was a cool friend turns out to just be a massive fucking creep right i felt really grossed out i was emotional too i was bawling my eyes out but we went straight to hr this next part i don't think i've ever felt so gaslit in my entire life and it's actually extremely triggering just thinking about this event but i'm going to tell you what happened next because we're not done folks we're not done we pull up to the hr girl's office on our lunch break distraught okay i'm crying i'm panicking I was like, listen, like, you need to listen to us. We just found something out about Roger. She looks at me and she goes, oh, I spoke with Roger this morning. He came in before his shift. I already know exactly what's going on. Uh, Oh, wait, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. What do you mean? He came in and told you what's going on before his shift. What did he say to you? Roger told me that you and Patricia have been stealing from him. So he requested a house change. He should be moving out of your house in a few days. What? I have never in my entire life felt more gaslit than I did in this moment. When me and Patricia caught Roger in his act and figured out everything about him last night and went to email HR, turns out he was wide awake listening to everything. This motherfucker tried to go into work before his shift and just manipulate the entire story around. Obviously I'm bawling my eyes out. Like lady, we just went into his room and found my fucking underwear, a speaker he stole next door. I'm in shock. I just felt like this was such like a movie moment. Like I went to go expose the villain and the villain's trying to like create a whole nother plot behind my back that I just didn't know about. This caught me so off guard. And what caught me more off guard was the fact that this HR lady didn't believe me. Now, obviously, she didn't blatantly tell me that, but it was so obvious in the way she was talking to me. She thought like he caught me, and I was trying to like make up this lie. And it was just the complete opposite. He stole my fucking underwear and ran it over an axe. What did you I was obviously really emotionally distraught, and she's just standing there like, "Can you stop?" Crying so I can get to the bottom of this. Like, fuck you, HR Moore. Literally believing this psychopath over me. He was saying you stole his food. Like, no, lady. Look under his spot on the couch. There's about 4,000 rappers located there. This little fucking slimy, stinky little weasel fuck tried to spit around the story. So obviously the HR girl's mad confused because she's like, okay, he's told me this elaborate story. You've come in and told me this elaborate story. Like, what's the truth? The HR girl told me she was going to spend the day trying to solve it. And by the end of the day, she was going to get to the bottom of it. So I went about my work day. And by the end of the day, he was obviously fired and removed off the premises. When anybody at this resort gets fired, essentially the head superior in their department will come to the house and escort them out essentially to grab all their things and kick them to the curb. Roger worked in the kitchen, so the head chef came to escort Roger out of the house. Yeah, those knives laying around everywhere in the house, those were thousands of dollars of knives that Roger stole from head chef. After Roger got fired, I went back into the house and I started putting all the puzzle pieces together and this time I decided to do more of a thorough look through under his spot on the couch I lift up the couch cushion I'm gonna list off with some things I found under the couch now the first thing my eye was drawn towards was the blinds that night on Halloween when I asked him to put the blinds down and he never did also another red flag turns out roger actually put the blinds up all the way tied the strings and cut them off the strings were one of the many things i found under his spot on the couch why did roger want the windows open obviously so he could look in all the time because he's a creepy little stalker and that's what creepy little stalkers do is they cut blinds and keep them under their spot on the couch fucking weirdo (laughs) like all the food the weed the things he stole from me under the couch that didn't really bother me much what left me feeling really unsettled was the next item i found the next item under his spot on the couch that he stole from me was ripped pages from my diary that was under my bed I kept this diary under my bed. Under my bed. And there was pages of my diary ripped out under a spot on the couch. Literally my biggest nightmare. And the pages that were ripped out from my diary under the bed were all the pages I spoke about feelings I've had for people and little love messages. Those were the kinds of pages that were ripped out. From my diary and this is when i started really just connecting all the dots like the knives laying around everywhere the axe on his bed with my underwear wrapped around it him keeping all my little love notes i genuinely so deeply believe in my heart that if we did not catch him soon he would have murdered me i think that's what his plan was and i think he obviously wanted to do other things as well and the thought of that is absolutely terrifying And also traumatizing, because this guy, I I thought he was just like a cool friend of mine. You know, he was leaving murder weapons around the house, taking an axe, wrapping my underwear around them, reading my diary, cutting out pages. Um, this situation really fucked me up. I'm not gonna lie. This actually traumatized me. (laughs) Yeah, Roger needs to like go and legally change his name to Jeffrey because he was giving Dahmer. Looking back, there was a lot of red flags but I just like to see the best in people, even in the psychopathic murderers who like little pretty bongos. I just feel like I never really got closure from the situation. And I think that left a lot of room for my mind to wander. I think like two to three days after this happened, like Patricia quit the resort. Like she was terrified. And the girls in the house next door, like were completely mortified of the idea of a man breaking into their house and stealing things from their room. Like. Everyone was really scared. By the end of it, I was back in the house alone, right? I was alone in that house and I was just left with my brain and so much room to wander. Did Roger like already know me before this job? Was he a consistent stalker of mine and like got this job to like be with me, to like be living in the same house as me? When we first met, he would go on these random little rants and like one of the rants he went on was just about how much he hates YouTube. And he would just, like, go into very specific things that I felt like he knew I was into. But, like, how would he know? I don't know. I almost wondered if he, like, targeted me and he knew who I was before we even met. Like, why did he leave all the knives hanging around like that? And, like, why was my underwear wrapped around his axe? Like, I just have so many questions still to this day that I just don't really have the answer to I genuinely believe deep in my soul that if I were to stay maybe another week there like I wouldn't be alive looking back I think he had such malicious negative intentions with me but um I see the good people and that's my downfall also I was so paranoid afterwards that he was gonna come back into the house because he just got kicked out to the streets like he knows where this house is why like why wouldn't he just come back I was so terrified I had nightmares every single night. If a creepy random guy does this, it's one thing. But when it's somebody you live with and you thought was your friend, it's just super fucked up. But I mean, hey, I'm alive. Nobody's axe or stolen chef knives have entered my body. I'm alive. Yay. Now, what did I learn from this experience? You know, it's such a simple saying, but it's so true. Like, hurt people hurt people. Obviously, nobody in a good state of mind would ever do things like this. So you can only ever feel bad for people who live and operate in those kinds of state of minds that thinks uh, things like that are okay. <laughs> ever since this experience, I think I've been a little bit more guarded with who I trust. Like I don't have trust issues and I think it's important to trust people, but I feel like I used to blindly just give all my trust into people and I definitely don't do that anymore. <laughs> You know, people can be nice and kind to your face, but be a completely different person behind closed doors. And Roger was one of those people. I still have a lot of questions that I don't have answered. And that's okay. I'm just glad I'm even alive to tell the story. I really do hope Roger learned from this situation and hopefully broke the cycle instead of repeated it. Uh, But then again, what he's doing with his life is absolutely none of my business. And I don't really give a fuck. So... Roger, if you're listening to this, you can suck my ass and yeah, please give me my jacket back too. That was a really nice jacket that you stole from me while you were being kicked out for being a stalker and a thief. On his way out from being fired for being a thief, like he stole my jacket. That was just the cherry on top. Give me my jacket back, Roger. It was a really nice jacket. I've been sitting on this story for years. It actually feels good getting it off my chest. I honestly really can't believe something like this happened to me it's hard to fathom i feel like i tried to like numb it out too the first year i would really like repressed it and i was like that never happened i'm fine and then year two i was like oh my god like this psychologically really fucked me up even just like the hr girl not believing me and like gaslighting me into thinking like i stole from him like it was just such a psychological roller coaster living through this and i'm just glad it's over i hope you guys gained some sort of entertainment from my trauma please do not trust people easily especially men that might seem nice but secretly want to murder you it's just not fun (laughs) i don't recommend thank you guys for listening i love you guys so much and i will see you next wednesday peace